0: Welcome back. I want to talk a little bit about how you can help people who are having chronic issues. And this can happen to you by accident, so we're going to give you some of the skills that you need to do this. And you can be approached perhaps by a struggling employee or a coworker that may be concerned about the welfare of someone else and and uh, try to ensure that you're welcome to have the conversation at the very beginning and recall that Maslow piece that we talked about about keeping people safe and and be prepared and uh, you know, the, the, the uh, double-edged sword of servant leadership is that uh, the more trusted you are, the more likely people are going to approach you with the type of uh, stuff that we affectionately refer to as social work. Uh, but you really need to be careful because people can overshare and put you in a jam. So we always try to uh, guide people towards care, and uh, ideally you have a peer support system in your workplace, but you may not, and for a period of time while this is happening, it might just fall to you. So that's why we're doing this piece right now. And uh, Unless the person you're talking to is an actual peer of yours, it's very, very advantageous to try to access a peer for them or, or get a hold of the EAP. We're gonna talk about EAP again. Um, let's see if the EFAP and again know this before you do this see if the EAP will take a crisis call from your from your location most of them will allow you to uh, get somebody during normal business hours have an employee on the phone call the EAP and hand the phone over to them. okay and that's that's pretty normal and then um, we also want to have a HR involved in this conversation too and then an, another thing that some of the APs will do is let you do the assisted referral call where you can arrange for the AP to call a person at home the next day. This is a really important thing and, it, and uh, uh, we find it's been really successful in the past because it takes a very heavy step out of the process. And The heavy step is the weight of the phone that the uh, ill or injured employee doesn't have to pick up the phone because the phone rings for them. It, we find it really effective and try to work it into your bit. Um, know what the local resources are in, in place where you are. Um, what's the protocol for a mental health emergency? Can you take someone to the local hospital yourself? Um, if you had somebody in a suicidal state, what's the police response? Are those people going to end up in handcuffs? Could you maybe take them yourself? That's worth knowing. Um, and, and as I mentioned, you know, if you can get the uh, worker to talk to a peer support person, they have more training and they can talk more effectively and, e- and even more importantly they can keep some secrets. Um, but for the time being the employee may trust only you, you may be it and again tread carefully here. Before you start you do need to reiterate those reporting obligations that we talked about at the beginning and, and remind the person that the conversation is not privileged. You are not their clergy, you are not their lawyer. And you cannot keep things like non-prescription drug use in the workplace private. You have a safety obligation to the employer and you have one to your coworkers as well. So discourage them from telling you private medical details and uh, take them out of service. Put them in a spot where they're safe. Keep the office door open if you can, if that's the right thing to do. You have to be mindful of some gender stuff when you're dealing with people who are struggling. But... Make sure that it's, it's clear that people shouldn't come in and bother you, so be aware of, of the safest way to to have the conversation and uh, if you can't have a private talk that, that's not in a closed off room, maybe try going for a walk. We find uh, the walk therapy thing can be really effective because uh, people can be a lot more candid when they're getting visual cues and inputs and being out in the sunshine fi- is just good for you. Um, so we always try to offer internal resources first and try to hand them off. Um, and remember while we're doing this, we are trying to guide them to their own solution and to their own choice of access to care. And uh, To do that, we use what are called solution-focused questioning techniques. And this helps them have a look inside and uh, see what they wanna do about what they're doing. So so um, they may wanna complain to you for a while. You can let them do that for a little while, but you wanna steer them towards how they're feeling and how you can help them feel better. And the reason we do that is feelings are, are what drives our thinking. And uh, our thinking is what drives our feelings. They are interconnected. So if somebody's thinking uh, things that are upsetting them, that's where their feelings are gonna come from. So what we try to do is we support the f- and validate the feeling, but we s- quietly and subtly kind of challenge the flawed thinking. So, the, the way we do this is to uh, some special questioning types and uh, uh, your peer team will use a number of different question techniques um, because they have the, the privacy piece and the power balance. As a supervisor, we are gonna give you these two types of questions to use and, and they're less likely to get you in a jam. And again, this is a uh, solution-focused technique is, is, is uh, central to our peer support training program. So what we suggest you start with is a scaling question. So we ask the client how they're doing now on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the worst. So you seem to be struggling today. Out of 1 to 10, where are you? Oh, I'm a 7. Well, what were you yesterday? I was a 6. Oh, okay. And have you, been a, have you been a 10? Yeah, I was a 10 last week. Okay. So find out where they are on that scaling thing. And if they're scaling at a 2 or a 3, they probably just want somebody to talk to. But they, if they're in genuine crisis and it's a 7 or 8, this is one of the ways we find out you know how much help they need and how much guidance and nudging towards care we can provide them, being the little tugboats that we are. And then ask them how they were yesterday and and, uh, is there a difference today? And if there is, why? So if they're at a seven, what do they think they need to do to feel like a four? What do you, you know, if you're feeling, if this is a seven today, when was the last time you were a four? And what were you doing when you were a four? And who were they with? Who were you with when you felt like a four and this thing wasn't so bad and where were they? And then, you know, you take it back another level and you go, you know, what are they not doing when they're a four? And who are they not with when they're a four? And then we ask, how important is it for it for to be a four? Do they really want to be a, a four? What steps are they willing to take to get back to feeling like a four? And then. What changes do they anticipate when they take that step? What What are they going to look like when they get like that? How do they feel that it's going to be when they are for? four? And then um, what What steps they, can they do when they're a six and they can stop themselves from getting an eight? What do they think they could do? And then we come back to them with, do you think speaking with a professional might help keep them lower or stop them from getting higher? Do you think we could do that? If we could arrange that for you, would you accept that? And then we do the AP call we get them talking and we get them the care professional that they need can't really hurt anybody with a, a with a scoring question in solution focused then the other one that we use that that can help you with not jam up is a, a relationship question relationship questions are great because we we ask them about the perceptions of others so we say how do they think their co-workers would think they're handling things they may be they may have thought up until now that nobody noticed, but you give them a second to think about this, they go, oh, yeah, they probably think I'm, I'm making a mess of it. And, and while we're doing that, who are they with when they feel best? And who are they with when they feel most supported? And then if if we talk about the key relationships, they go, how would your parents think they're handling this? Even if they're orphans, their parents, they still care what their parents think, we all do. How would their parents think they're handling so? And what would their parents say they need to do to get better? And would they do what their parents said? And then, you know, who who in their life could be supporting them, but may not be because they don't know what's going on? And then we slide them back into that question. So do you think a professional might help them navigate the family issues so they can get more support? The AP call, get them into using their benefits. That's what we're trying to do here. So. As you're as you're starting to to make progress with the with the folks, you try to get them to to make a commitment to try the things that they recognize is going to make them feel better. To you try to try something. So one of the th- questions we ask. So 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 tell me what what's better, and uh, that'll cause a little moment of introspection and frees them from some shame. And uh, sometimes they'll say nothing's better. But then you can go back and say, well, yeah, but you're talking to me, and I'm doing what I can to help you. So. That means you want to feel better. So that is better, don't you think? Yeah. You know, maybe if you talk to a professional, they could give you some steps to feel better that I don't even know about. Maybe we could try that and I could get them on the phone for you. That's what we're trying to do. And then the other piece is what we call the miracle question. And the miracle questions are really interesting and it can have a profound effect. So if you ask them, so if you went to bed tonight and this whatever this thing is that's bothering you went away in your sleep, what difference would it make for you in the morning? And what is what does it mean by that? I mean, what difference would other people see in you? And how would your world and self views shift if this thing had vanished in the night? And the real question inside of that question is, what's stopping you from feeling that way now? You know, so they, they may, depending on how deep they are in their in their issue, they may come to recognize that it's up to them to change how they they feel. It's up. They alone are in control over that, and only they can, can affect how they feel. You know, it's the old thing about nobody can make you unhappy. They can't. They don't have that power. We can make ourselves unhappy, but we can also adjust how we feel. It's really important stuff. And of course, you know, it's not likely that the miracle's going to occur, but they have the power in themselves to approach their lives as if it had. And again, we're trying to get somebody with a chronic issue to agree to access to professional care. That's what we're trying to do. And uh, you, of course, you're going to follow up. But try to make sure that you uh, are not responsible f- or don't feel responsible for the decisions that they're going to make or the actions they choose. Okay? If you're maintaining or doing your best to maintain workplace safety and you're guiding people to care, you fulfilled your role here. Encourage them, of course, to speak regularly with peer support and uh, access the AP and the benefits. And uh, by all means, check on them after a week or a month, but don't let yourself become their sole support system or or, or get in a spot where you're their personal counselor. You gotta have some boundaries on this thing because uh, it can it can be, uh, have a tendency to take over your whole whole place. Now, and again on this I suggest that you keep a private set of notes on the, these kind of conversations away from where you keep your usual notes so nobody stumbles over them. This may be the kind of notes you keep on your phone. say. So we hope you find the communication skill part of this thing uh, useful and we hope that you continue to build out your skills. Um, now that we've done the theory piece uh, and you've completed these modules we want you to sign up for Uh, a skill session which is included in your course fee and then we're going to workshop the scarf piece with you. You get to work with other students. We're going to do some applications of of, uh, scarf theory. We're going to do some feedback work and appraisals. We're going to do some mediation stuff and we're going to workshop some having uh, the the pieces of having challenging conversations that uh, we know you're going to feel better after, uh, after you're done with. So thanks for paying attention. We do look forward to seeing you again soon.